Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful city of Los Angeles, California. Hope you're having a great day, man. A great and productive, productive day. In the last uh, two years now, we've seen two of the greatest head coaches in the history of college football hanging up in their 50s. Urban Meyer today, just moments ago, officially announced 
that he's stepping away, that he's retiring from being Ohio State's head coach. Just announced it. And with that in mind, it brings up a lot of questions, right? Brings up a lot of questions. Will he coach again? Was it just his health or was it the Zach Smith thing? Is it dealing with Ohio State's players in that they created a system and now kind of the the time in college football where guys either want to play right away and go to the pros or they want to transfer. It's become an increasingly difficult job. But I also think that, like, the reason that Dabo Sweeney and uh, Jim Harbaugh are not going to leave their jobs is the same reason that Urban Meyer will never coach again. And you're like, wait, what? He just left his job. You're telling us that Dabo won't leave his job. Dabo could take the job at Alabama. He could. Could very well. Now, remember, if he takes the job at Alabama, he'll at best be the second best coach in the history of Alabama. Maybe still seen as the third best coach because Saban is never going to try and challenge Bear Bryant. There's always the Bear. There's always going to be Saban whereas he can go down as the greatest head coach in the history of Clemson football, and it's not really close. But he makes about $7 million a year. Harbaugh makes in the five or six range, but he has a life insurance policy, which is like an investment vehicle, which takes the the supposed value to $9 million a year. Urban Meyer was in that range. So, too, was Bob Stoops in that range. And what's changed about college football is not just the kids and the desire to go to the pros, the ability to transfer, all of those uh, every game on TV. The college football playoff has changed things. Players not wanting to play in bowl games that the media feels are meaningless. All these things have changed. But the biggest change is the same reason, frankly, Calvin Johnson retired. You get to a point where you're like, I don't actually need money anymore. This was never the case previously. Never the case. And college football coaches are not like, they're not like boxers. The reason that boxers are always carted out from their last fight is because boxers, by and large, are guys that are not educated, surrounded by people who want a piece of them, and they're in an environment and a culture in which it's about flash, it's about panache, it's about spending, 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 and whether they gamble or their family gambles or they're Evander Holyfield and having a bunch of kids, uh, you know, uh, who is it? George Foreman has a bunch of kids named George, right? Like, they don't manage their lives well. While the money is not the same in college football, these are men that are college educated. These are men that are professorial. These are men that are in their 50s. I'm talking about Stoops and Urban Meyer that are well accomplished. They got $20, $30 million in the bank. They got a huge house. They can pick and choose when they want to make appearances, if they want to be on TV or if they don't. And that's enough for them. And while I'm sure Urban Meyer and to a lesser extent Bob Stoops at some point in the future are going to want to come back and put a headset on and be a head coach. They can truly walk away, unlike previous generations, because the money is so obscene now. This was never the case with previous generations. Just wasn't. 
It, it just wasn't. It's the same with Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson could have played five more years in the NFL, but he made so much money, his body started to let down. He's like, look, I'm a bright guy. I don't need it. And that's the stunning thing about Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is brilliant. He's got a whole second life ahead of him, whether it's TV or whether it's doing something as an entrepreneur, or maybe both. But he doesn't need it anymore. It, it's the one thing about athletics, coaching in college football, playing in professional sports, which has changed, which is the guys that do it right, when they decide they can call their own shot, they can walk out on their own, and whether it's health that's pulling them out the door, whatever it is, they don't actually need money anymore. They don't. You know why radio guys do this forever, right? Because radio doesn't pay that great. It just doesn't. And even the guys that make a killing in radio, like those guys are few and far between. And many of those guys came up making 20, 30, 40 grand doing spots for a hundred dollars a pop and whatever. And so there's this ingrained work ethic in it. College football coaches went from glorified PE teachers making low to mid six figures to now making obscene amounts of money. And so when their health dictates that you can't be doing this anymore, you can, in fact, walk away. Do I think Urban Meyer gets tempted by coaching if USC comes open next year? Sure. Sure. You'll know if he wants to come back if he's doing games in a box next year for ESPN or for Fox. Because it's impossible. I've done it for 15 years. No one who does it doesn't want to be in the locker room, even after a loss. You just, you just miss that. You miss that quality that nothing else on earth provides, which is when you lose finding words of wisdom and finding a gem and a teaching point, and when you win being part of that spirit, that getting on the bus, going home after a road win, or going home to your wife and kids after win, there is nothing on earth that replaces winning. And when you're a broadcaster, even when you're not neutral, you're rooting for a friend, you're rooting for a kid, you're rooting for a story, there's still this hollow feeling that you really didn't have a part in it, the win or the loss. So if he calls games, I'm sure he's really going to want to come back. But his health, two times over, plus the way college football is changing and all this money that he has, I kind of think he's done. I don't know he's done. I'm not saying he's absolutely finished. It'll never happen again because college coaches like boxers find a way to retire and unretire all the time. How many times was Lou Holtz done? And then he wasn't. And I let, let's let's hear this is Urban Meyer when asked if this was the last time he'd be involved in football. Urban, as you sit here now, do you believe you will not coach again? I believe I will not coach again. Are you, are you fairly certain? Like certain, yes. Um, do you so? Do you anticipate staying in Columbus and being around? I the do. Program? The decision was a result of accumulative events and health. Number one, the fact that we have an elite coach on our staff, the fact that our program is very healthy, we've recruited very well, all played a significant role in this. And I can't say this is the reason. This is the reason, but uh, uh, there's cumulative reasons that uh, we're at this point. There's accumulative reasons. And I, I think, I, I honestly believe this. I don't believe this. I know this at least to be 
mostly mostly the reason. He had health issues at Florida, but there's also this sense that when you're at Florida, when you're in the SEC, you got to do some things and take some kids and run some risks that he <clears throat> lost a little bit of control over and didn't love. And he had this vision of Ohio State because he's an Ohio State guy that, hey, in the Big Ten, we can do it the right way and win a championship. And he feels like he did. But some of that turned, right? Once you start having guys that are thinking about during their redshirt sophomore year, everybody wants to go. Juniors, everybody wants to go. Losing entire classes of players. I think then you get into some of the gray areas of recruiting. The energy that it takes to every day be the head coach at Ohio State. I think the Zach Smith thing where he felt loyal to Earl Bruce and his loyalty and ended up hurting him. I think the way in which the sport is covered, the magnifying glass in which he's under, and the fact that that job is a harder job now with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, with James Franklin at Penn State, And I do believe that the other side, Nebraska and Wisconsin, are going to get pronouncedly better in in very short order. And and so, like, look, let's say USC comes open next year. A guy who didn't love the -the off-the-field issues of Florida and of Ohio State, you think he's going to love the -the off-the-field issues of USC? I think that Urban Meyer in addition to health, which was a major factor. He just didn't look well. And the second time, and at some point your wife says, you don't want to die in the sidelines. Like, we got $25, $30 million. We got everything we could ever want in life. You can go make do TV and make six, seven figures. You don't, you don't need this. I do think that, combined with the fact that, I think having all that money is the same reason that Dabo won't go to the NFL, Jim Harbaugh won't go to the NFL, Calvin Johnson retired early. And we have we have seen a change in the financials of college coaches and pro athletes. And those people that manage their money have the ability to go out on their own um on their own circumstances. And I think that's what happened in Columbus today. All right, we transition from college football to the NFL. Lawrence Guy is going to join us upcoming next, doing Patriots defensive end. How do they do it? What's what's the secret? How how do they do it? We'll find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We'll compare rates for you so you get a great deal, even if it's not with us. Saving you time and money. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know what I love? I love incredible stories, right? It's like, why do you go to work? People say I go to work because I want to talk about sports and I get to do it. And people pay me to actually talk about something. That's one reason. But I cheer for people and their stories. I'm going to give you a guy who is an incredible story as well as a really good person. And he's become a hell of a football player. His name's Lawrence Guy's defensive end for the New England Patriots. And I know what you're saying. You're like, oh... The Patriots. I got nothing. I, I want. I did nothing. I don't want to talk about the Patriots. I don't like the. Unless you're a Patriot fan, you're either in or you're out, right? Lawrence Guy joins us. You were a Raven before you were a Patriot. That that's that seems the first time you walked into a Patriots locker room 
while you're collecting a check. That had to be a weird. It wasn't like there were other teams in between, right? There was Green Bay, then there's the Colts, then there's the. You go from the Ravens to their rival, the Patriots. What was that like? Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. None of my guys going to the Ravens to uh, to Pittsburgh. You know, <laughs> that'd been a different story. But it was. It wasn't bad at all. You know, I know I'm walking into a, a good organization, and I'm coming from coming from that organization. Like, I, I wasn't pretty much wasn't concerned. I knew I, I was gonna be walking with open arms. Um, you know, it's football. You, you're gonna you're gonna switch teams. You're gonna switch organizations. So it happened, and, and I was lucky to be blessed to. Become a part of the the Patriots. What's what changed? What about the Patriots has allowed you to seemingly take that next step in your career? You know, it, it's it's just every day. You know, I kind of work and um, I put my heart on the line and, and go out there and do everything I can. And with this organization, you just have so many players that buy into that system. They go out there, put the extra time in it, in the film, put the extra time in on the field and off the field. So it's one of those days that, you know, it's pretty much great, compatible football, you know. So, like, I'm, like I said, I was blessed to be a part of this organization. And when uh, when they woke me with open arms, you know, uh, they pretty much this changed over. It is um, the way everything, the outlook and everything is, you know. You watch film a little bit better than you do. You, you play a little bit harder than, than you was doing and you give it all out for your teammates. And, and that's pretty much our, our, our mindset here. So it's like doing your job is, is a, the biggest thing we could do. And that's what I've been doing, and, and it's been successful. Lawrence Guy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You grew up in Vegas, and they actually yeah. put you in special ed classes when you were a kid. Uh, why? Why, why, did they, why did they think you had – I mean, I know you had a learning disability, but what was it – about you that made them think you wouldn't be able to learn at a great at an appropriate grade level. But that's what what they do is pretty much when you have um, a IEP, what it's called, um, and you diagnose with anything. That's just the school system how it is. Um, they they think you need a little extra time. They put you out there and they put you in uh, another class here and there for a certain periods, and they bring you back in. But it, it still goes on today. Um, it's just how the school system is built and. Mm-hmm. and and they, they continue to do it. It's have gotten a little bit better since I've been to school, but it's pretty much the same basis of that. If yeah. you get diagnosed with anything and they think you need a little bit of help with something, they're going to separate you regardless of uh, uh, what you feel. It's just how they feel. You can pick up something a little bit better. An IEP, for people who don't know, that's when you have, uh, an, you have a person that goes with you to every class, right? And they, they help you. You actually have, like, a person, right? Didn't you? Growing up, that's what an IEP is? No, IEP is uh, is something you have when you're diagnosed with a learning disability. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's, it's paperwork, pretty much. It's what is pretty much goes down to is all paperwork. So yeah, individual you, educational you a, plan, I think is what it's called. Individual education yeah. plan. Yeah. So it's, it's your paperwork and it's your file that you carry on until you get into um, until you get out of high school. So it's just pretty much it's detailing everything down. You you meet with the, the principal, the the, the school. Um, the teachers two times a year to go over progress, and that that will go up in, into pretty much until you, like I said, you graduate high school. But that is your your file that keeps on with your progress and keeps on with the the notes of the teachers, the principals, and uh, and uh, the diagnosis and the testing that they perform. And um, 
and do with you. Lawrence Guy joining us from the New England Patriots. It's incredibly brave for you to to come out and, and be a supporter of kids that have gone through dyslexia and hyperactivity, things that you went through when, when you were a kid. How do you, you mentioned doing your job. You mentioned how much film study there is with the Patriots. How hard is it considering um, some, of the, some of the issues you've had to deal with in locking in every day and doing your job? Not hard at all, you know. When, when you have uh, a passion for something and you have that drive, Nothing's hard at all. It's just all about the time you put it in. And like, like I tell everybody, if you're if you're in my situation when I was growing up, the best thing you could do is put your kid in some type of sports because it pretty much is builds the the passion for something, and it, and they want you to continue to to do something. And with sports, it's all about repeating so many things, so so repetitive. So you have to pick up things a little bit faster um, than you usually will. Then you use that asset. And when you go to class or when you go to film study. So that helped me out a lot through, um, through high school and up. And, and now when I got to the pros, you know, I, I put the extra time in to, to learn what I need to do, pick up on certain things that everybody won't pick up on. And going through my growing up, you know, it helped me out because I picked up so many different um, platforms of how to learn stuff, so many different how to pick up all details on film and, and pull down the, in a playbook. So even with my NFL career, uh, uh, going through those different organizations and maybe learn how to pick up a playbook faster than a normal person will because every year it's another playbook. So every year you have to figure out how to pick it up faster and faster. So my in-classroom on the field became better and faster than, than usually because you start picking up um, – certain techniques to help you out throughout the day, throughout, um, throughout the, the week of picking up a, another team's, um, you know, scheme. Yeah, that's it's really kind of fascinating how you you learn how to learn things, and you actually learn things at a quicker rate than a normal person because they just took it for granted how they could ingest information. It's really, really fascinating. Lawrence Guy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You do a lot of work with the community. One of the things you do is you take 50 kids, and you take them shopping at Walmart. Are there any rules? When you take kids shopping at Walmart, are there any rules to what they can and can't get? No. You know, they, they all have a, a, a certain amount. of like, hey, go get what you want to get. Then, you know, throughout the shopping thing, then you, you help them manage uh, what, what, they're, what they're spending. You know, like you have this certain amount of money to, to spend on whatever you want, but let's manage it. Let's, let's get the ultimate amount of expense that you can with this amount. You know, and through that experience, I've learned that most kids shop for their brothers and, and their moms and dads. So it's truly eye-opening experiences when you do that because, you see, they're, they're not worried about themselves. They're worried about their family members. So it, it, it's truly heartwarming when you see that. Then you try to just help them minimize what each person gets and see if they want something for themselves. But I, throughout the years, I've realized every kid I've been with probably got one thing for themselves and it all on their mom and dad or, or their little brother or sister. It's pretty amazing stuff. Lawrence Guy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, he's up for the Pro Bowl. You can go on to NFL.com and, and vote for him in the Pro Bowl as a star with the New England Patriots. Where is this defense this year as opposed to last year's defense, which kind of came around, struggled the first couple weeks, and then came around and became a top 10 defense by the end of the season? How do you compare this year and last year? You know, we, we have two different coaches right now. You know, last year we had uh, Manny uh, Patricia, now we got 
of Flores. So it's just two different systems that we were running. And it, it takes a couple of games, you know. You, you go through training camp, uh, going against your, your, your teammates, you go through preseason. But as we all know in the football world, it takes a couple of weeks. It takes the first quarter, the second quarter. That to keep on building that relationship between your teammates and your coaches and, and, and scheming up and see what works, what doesn't work. And once you get it down, then you could pretty much just, just grow as a group. And that's what we did. You know, the first couple of weeks, we're pretty much getting everything down, which every team does. And we keep growing and growing. And as it, like as it right now, we're, we're continue to grow as a unit um, to get up to the best that we can. But it takes that time to do it. And and we had that time, and we, we embraced it, and we embraced our, our downs, and we embraced our ups. But we learned from every mistake we did, and we learned from every positive we did to always flourish up to what we're at right now. Great stuff. Lawrence, thanks so much for what you do in the community. Of course, people can vote for him uh, into the Pro Bowl. That's uh, Lawrence Guy from the New England Patriots. As uh, uh, what, what an incredible personal journey it's been to becoming a star in the National Football League. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy holidays. Thank you so much. You too. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you, you have anybody close to you, Ramos, who has who has um, a learning disability or has needs any spec, special time or need? I, I do not. Not to the top of my head. I don't believe I have anybody like that. So but, I was uh, a kid that when I was little, um, they thought I was hyperactive. I know that probably surprises, surprises you. <laughs> right? And that was back in the Ritalin, give them Ritalin. Stage. Right. Nobody gave me Ritalin. My mom would not let them have it. Uh, they were just, I just, I would get bored. I'd get up and walk around in class. And they were like, look, you can't do that. I was like, well, maybe you need to make the, my mom was like, well, maybe you need to make the class a little bit more interesting. But uh, with his ADD, ADHD, he's dyslexic. He, had another, he has another issue um, as well. But to have that learning disability, make it through high school, through Arizona State, get his degree, become not just a productive member of society, but a star in the National Football League and find ways to learn quicker than the average guy is really, really amazing stuff. Let's bring in Dan Beyer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Dan, what do you got? A lot going on, but the big news is out of Columbus is Urban Meyer's going to retire as the head football coach at Ohio State after their Rose Bowl game on January 1st against Washington. We've worked extremely hard to make the great state of Ohio, the university community, including our alumni and former players, and Buckeye Nation very proud. The 54-year-old stepping down after seven seasons said his decision to call a quits was the result of cumulative events. Meyer added he was fairly certain you would not coach again, but also called it complicated. As for his replacement, it's going to be offensive coordinator Ryan Day. Most of what coach has built here is going to stay. And as we go along, there's going to be some changes in terms of um, you know the way we do certain things, but um, our, our beliefs are strong. Day going to get a five-year deal to coach the Buckeyes starting January 2nd, averaging about $4.5 million in salary per season. USC going to hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator, according to Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman. No James Conner for the Steelers in Week 14 because of a high ankle sprain suffered Sunday against the Chargers. They've got the Raiders coming up. And Clippers guard Patrick Beverly was fined twenty five grand for throwing a ball at a fan in the stands during Sunday's game in Dallas. Doug? Awesome stuff. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, from talking about Ohio State, let's bring in an Alabama. Let's, we'll bring in an Alabama alum in a second. Uh, I got a quick question for you, Ramos and Bayer. Bayer, if you're still with us, I know you got a bunch of things to do. 
there's a video of two guys in New York, in Soho, giving each other the finger. Okay, Ramos, you're from Southern California. Bayer, you are from Wisconsin. Okay, Bayer, let me start with you. Is it flip off or is it flick off? I've said it with a P. With a, with a P, flip, yep. to flip somebody off. Ramos, I, you the same? I also have used, yeah, to flip someone off. Yes. I, I think the South, it's, it's flick. I think in, in the South, it's, it's flick. That's what I think. You know what? Let's ask Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson joins us. He's originally from Georgia, went to Alabama, now a star with the Houston Texans. If you give somebody the middle finger, is it to flip them off or to flick them off? Which do you prefer? Uh, I say flip them off. Flip, flip them off. All right, flip them off becomes, all right, we're getting more and more votes on the flip them off variety. Kareem Jackson uh, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I said it at the time that the Colts – by going forward on their own 43-yard line, that kind of saved your season, right? They should have punted. It would have been a tie. Nobody wants to tie. You guys get the stop. You kick the game-winning field goal. And instead of being 0-3-1, and you're 1-3. You're and How much do you think that changed your season? Uh, I think that win definitely changed our season. You know, um, like I said, you know, they're making that decision and us being able to get the stop and you know, uh, putting the ball back to Deshaun and our offensive hand. You know, they you know, went down and made a, made a couple plays and we was able to kick the field goal and come out with a win. It definitely, uh, definitely helped boost our season into the right direction. Everyone we know in football says Deshaun has this it factor. There's something about him. Um, do you, does it, is that real? Do you, do you really feel that there's something different about him than other quarterbacks you've played with? Uh, I think so. Just you know his, the energy that the energy that he brings. You know, just being around him, you know he's all smiles. You know, very positive. You know, he, I, I've said it. You know, for two years now he carries himself like he's a ten year vet. You know, um, the way he comes in, the way he works. You know, just kind of see him, see him the way he approaches practice and you know, the way he takes care of his body and stuff. You know, um, I, I the guy's just a winner. You know, even going back to college, you know, it, it's just something about guys like that. You know, and it's rare that you you get a chance to be around that those type of guys or and get a chance to play with those type of guys. But he's definitely special. Kareem, Kareem Jackson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You guys keep winning, and there's always this seed of doubt that we have fan, as fans have because we've seen good Texans teams in the past in the playoffs, you know, not measure measure up. Why do you think this this team's different? Uh. I just think it's the, the group of guys that we have in the locker room. We all have the same goals in common. You know, um, all 11 guys that are on the field at any given time, you know, we're, we're all in sync. You know, we're all on the same page, whether it's offense, defense, or, or special teams. So, um, we've got a great group of leaders. And, and the way we work, you know, week to week, you know, it's almost as if we haven't won these nine games. So, you know, we, we still know we got a lot of ball out there left to play. You know, and, and, and we're constantly trying to get better each and every day. So, you know, for us, that's what it's all about. Being consistent, continue to get better, and, you know, and going out on Sundays and let it all hang out. Kareem Jackson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. For the Mike Cleats cause, um, you did the Kareem Jackson Foundation, which you provide families, children who are battling cancer or are critically ill encouragement for life-changing experience. Like you have this Christmas in July program that's for uh, pediatric cancer patients. I know you provide tickets for families who have children battling cancer, what is it? I mean, like, look, anybody with a soul sees a kid battling cancer and they want to help, but what is it that led you 
to want to make this your cause? Well, uh, growing up, my sister is a leukemia survivor. And um, my mom's also a two-time breast cancer survivor. And Green Jackson Foundation, we work with women with breast cancer also. So those two causes are near and dear to my heart. So once I got a, a chance to be able to create my own foundation and you know, help some other families, help some kids, help some women that are in the same position that you know, me and my family were in and my mom and my sister, you know, it, it was a no-brainer for me. So you know, to be able to uh, use my um, my platform to be able to help these families, help these kids and put smiles on their faces, you know, just try to give them some type of encouragement to continue to, to fight. So it, 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 like I said, it was a no-brainer. Um, did Did you think Jalen Hurts was going to transfer? Uh, I I thought he would have, um, when especially when when things kind of first, you know, happen, when the things kind of happened, you know, when that when it first happened. So um, I thought he would transfer. You know, being as those, you know, he's a proven guy on on the college level. You know, I think he's what twenty. 24 and two as a starter or something like that. So I mean, he he he's been in the big game. You know, he he's handled himself well. But um, I I thought he would have transferred. Me too. And you know, especially now, and even like, look, it wasn't that long ago that you played at Bama. You guys won national championship in '09. But but the the culture has even changed dramatically in the nine years since. Where now, if you're a backup, especially as a quarterback, you got eligibility level. You got you got to go and go somewhere you can play. To, to watch that as a former Bama player on Saturday, to see a kid who everybody thought was going to leave, uh, to come in trailing Georgia and win an SEC title game in the fashion in which they did, what what what's that like for you? Uh, definitely happy for him. Because um, in, in you know, football, playing football is all about fighting through adversity. You know, to be able to see him come back in you know, with two going out. And like I say, he's been in the big game, you know, uh, and the guy he played in the national championship, you know, so to see him, you know, come in and play the way he did, you know, I, I don't think, well, anybody that, you know, is, uh, are truly fans and that really know the game, you know, like, he, you know, instantly once he comes in, he's very capable of, you know, uh, boosting his team to a win, so to, to see that, you know, for him to come in and, and play the way he did, you know, I'm definitely happy for him, but all right, you're getting ready for the Colts, a team we mentioned that that's what started this win streak, nine in a row for the Houston Texans, as Cream uh, Jackson joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I know you're different. Your team is different, much more swag, a lot more confidence. I mean, heck, Deshaun was coming off the knee, um, but just a, a different team. How are they different? When you, you're getting ready for the Colts, you're watching them on tape, how are they different from when you saw them back uh, fourth week of the season? Uh this is a team that's, you know, definitely a lot more in sync than they were early in the season. Uh, obviously, Andrew Buck has been more, he's gotten more and more healthier every, you know, every week. You know, he's been putting up some huge numbers. You know, uh, obviously, T.Y. Hilton's always the receiver that he's been. You know, and a guy that's a deep threat, you know, to run every route. You know, for us, it's about, you know, knowing what they like to do and, and just trying to elim- uh, eliminate, you know, some of the big plays and, and take away their go-to guys and try to make a one
always go out and execute at a high level. Well, listen, congrats on the win streak, and thanks for all you're doing for uh, all these families and kids suffering through pediatric cancer. Really appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio, Kareem. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Kareem, Kareem Jackson of the Houston Texans. Man. Mom, two-time breast cancer survivor. Sister is a cancer survivor. Leukemia survivor. It's a form of cancer. Man. And, oh, yeah, by the way, having a great season with a great defense. And I, I think it's fair to admit that even Texans fans will sit there and go like, look, I got it. They're great. Let me see it in the playoffs. It feels a little bit like Clemson when Deshaun was there, right? How many times was Clemson good? And then you're like, eh, they'll still Clemson it. And then they didn't. Uh, game time is up next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got a great game for you. Brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Mm, 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 mm. Dan Byer, what do you, what do you, what do you have? <laughs> Today we've got, all right, this is where we rank things. Doug, the Ohio State job was open and then filled in a matter of seconds as Urban Meyer's retiring. Ryan Day is going to take over. Rank the top five jobs in college football as a head coach. What are the top five jobs in college football? It's a great question. Um, I'm going to put Alabama as number five. Now, you may think that's blasphemy. The problem is that I'm looking at this as if all these jobs were open. Alabama... Of the schools, I'm going to tell you, has the fewest number of in-state kids, okay, and the most ridiculous expectations set forth by Nick Saban. So, like, there's a reason it took them, you know, like 15 coaches to find their next Bear Bryant. Yep. yep. It's a re- it's a hard and demanding job. I'm going to go with uh, Alabama as the fifth best job in America. I'll go with Florida as the fourth best job in America. The reason it's uh, up there is all the players are in Florida, Texas, and California. That's where the players are. Maybe Louisiana as number four, LSU just off the list. Florida hasn't done well in a while since Urban was there, but has shown the ability with the right guy, Urban and Steve Spurrier, to win the SEC and win a a national championship. Um, And because you're not following Urban now, you're not following Saban, I think it'd be four. Georgia at three, players, players, players in Atlanta and surrounding areas. USC at two. The only reason it wouldn't be on this list right now, truthfully, is because the university is paying out hundreds of millions of dollars in a sexual assault um, settlements. And number one, Texas. They got money. They got players. They got facilities. They have enough tradition, but not enough recently. Texas, number one. Doug, rank how you think the Heisman Trophy voting will play out come Saturday as we know the finalists to a tongue of Iloa, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins will be in New York City. Uh, Dwayne Haskins will finish third, distant third. Kyler Murray will finish second, and Tua will finish first. Doug, rank the five best teams in the AFC right now. Great question. Uh, this is the teams in terms of how they'll finish in the playoffs or 
Who's the actual best team? Right now, who you like as the top five teams right now? Uh, I'll do Pats one. Like, that's what, in, until further notice. I'm going to put Chargers two because of the mess left behind by Kareem Hunt. Uh, I will put the uh, the Chiefs at three, the Texans at four, and I will put the Steelers at five. All right. Now, on Monday night, yeah. Seahawks take on the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and the Seahawks are going to wear their Color Rush lime green uniforms. I like those. Yes, I, like yes. I do as well. Yes. Color Rush included, if right. you'd like, top three uniforms in the National Football League. Powder Blue Chargers won. Ooh, that was quick. It's Powder Blue Chargers won. There's no one who's seen the, the Chargers run out in the Powder Blue. Is like, I don't like those. No <laughs> human being on earth. As opposed to the lime green Color Rush uh, Seahawks uniforms, I like a great deal. I like the gray ones they wear as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, I, I feel like that's polarizing, right? Um, Steelers home uniforms, too. Right? That just feels like football. And I'll do Cowboys 3. Cowboys wow. 3, tradition, a traditionalist. Raiders did not make this list. Raiders not. And honestly, my favorite Raiders uniform is the road uniform. The oh. road whites with the silver pants or britches, as they're called in Georgia. I'll take the Raiders as uh, in the top five, and that's the game. All right, final All right. final one. Yes, uh, rank the top three landing spots for one Bryce Harper. Uh, Phillies at three. Okay, Phillies at three. I will put the White Sox at two, and the excuse me, the Nats at two, and I don't have the Giants on this list. The Giants oh, yeah. are one. Giants, Giants number one. one. Giants All right, one. Yeah. there it is. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. It sure seems to be taking a long time for uh, Patrick Corbin to be making his decision. Apparently, he's decided on a team, but we don't know who it is yet. Yeah, John Morosi of Fox Sports says it's probably not going to be the Yankees because Corbin's going to get a six-year deal. Yankees only offered five. He just tweeted out, Patrick Corbin will sign with the Nationals. Source confirms. Uh, Chelsea Jane Chelsea Chelsea Jane's report. Chelsea Jane's writes for the Washington Post. She gets credit. John Paul Morosi confirms that feels like it's going to happen. So does that mean they have enough money or they have the desire to re-sign Bryce Harper? We'll see. A lot of talk about a short-term deal, keep Bryce Harper there, then ultimately gets the big deal uh, next year or the following year. Have the Packers already found their next head coach? You'll find out next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, We had Trent Dilfer on yesterday, and I thought he gave a great answer. Great answer. Um, his answer was in regards to the Packers making a coaching change. Hey, I I think you might've done both sides a favor, right? Mike McCarthy has a chance to take a breath, to be angry, go through all the steps of grieving, watch some of the bowl games. So he knows exactly who he wants to think about drafting and then really invest time to, um, prepare for interviews for teams that he'd actually know as opposed to, Wait until after week 17 and then, you know, quickly having the interview and then quickly taking a job, faking like he knew what he was talking about with the team that he'd be taking on. 
Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers get to put their name out there. We all thought they would need a new head coach, and now we know they need a new head coach. And so they can begin begin making plans. This is from Rob Domofsky, who covers the Green Bay Packers. He quotes Mark Murphy, the CEO and president of the Packers. Um, you're looking for a guy who understands veteran quarterbacks, understands their egos, understands their involvement they want to have. That's what Charlie Weiss said. Weiss went on to, to say this about Josh McDaniels. I mean, who better would you have than him? He'd fit that criteria. That's kind of easy one because even though Tommy and Aaron are not the same, they're still veteran quarterbacks who are mentally as sharp as anybody. And because you're dealing with one the whole time, it would be fairly easy transition, I would think. Mark Murphy said, I'm not going to say who we're, uh, what we're looking for this time or that at this or that attribute or trait. I think we want to find the very best coach, a coach that can bring the Packers back to winning Super Bowls. You know, they go on pro coaches. You got you got Joe Philbin, who's already there. You got John DeFilippo, who a young guy who has been very mixed in terms of the reviews of him as a play caller with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy, who's the first year offensive coordinator with Andy Reid's offense, but he also isn't calling plays for Andy Reid's offense. You got Zach Taylor, who's the Rams quarterback coach. Pete Carmichael, Saints offensive coordinator. And then, of course, you have Josh McDaniels. The, the The difference with Josh McDaniels and all of these other guys is been a head coach. And Belichick had been a head coach. And on some level, having done it before is really, really important in doing it to begin with. Like, you got to get some experience. And, and there's, there's part of the Josh McDaniels thing that is similar to Belichick. Right? McD- Belichick, the year before he got fired with Cleveland, I think he won 10 or 11 games. Then they fell apart. Then he got fired in Cleveland. That's what happened with Josh McDaniels in Denver. They went to the playoffs with Tim Tebow. Then they fell apart. He lost his job. So I, I like it. Um, I do. I like the idea of Josh McDaniels. And to people who say, well, Josh McDaniels, he's clearly not leaving. He wants to be the guy in New England. I would guess at least a portion of the reason there's there's two parts of why I think this is different than the Indy situation. One, if you remember in Indy, no one knew about Andrew Luck. Because Andrew Luck didn't know about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck didn't throw an NFL size football until after training camp had already begun. Actual training camp had begun. So you don't know if your all-pro, pro-bowl quarterback is going to be ready to play ever, ever. And I also think one of the reasons this deal was done so early to fire Mike McCarthy is in preparing for Josh McDaniels. Because McDaniels, I'm sure he probably felt like the reason he backed out of the deal was you make this decision really, really quickly. Right? That's what happened. If you remember, they're playing in the playoffs. They have a bye week. He meets with the Colts. He decides he wants the gig. And he wasn't the Colts' first choice, just so you're aware. Do you know who the Colts' first choice was? Matt Nagy. 
because the general manager, Chris Ballard, came from Kansas City, and they are boys. And Maggie, Maggie turned him down. Why? Because he didn't know about Andrew Luck. If you stay in New England, you have no idea who the heir apparent's going to be for Tom Brady. And even if you say, well, I can hand-select him, plenty of guys have been hand-selected that aren't any good. If you go from coaching Tom Brady to coaching Aaron Rodgers, who's got at least a good five years left in the National Football League, you're in not good but great shape. So the difference is the pace of this will be much slower. Conversations can be had now. Hey, take a long time and think about it. Think about the personnel. Think about how we change. Think about our youth. Think about Aaron Rodgers. Take time and think about it. Have your wife think about, does she want to raise her kids? I think they got four kids in Green Bay. And the difference in Green Bay and any other city, because it's so small, you can live 15 minutes from work. 10 minutes from work. You know, some of these teams, you don't live near where you work. Or you don't live near where the players live. In Green Bay, there's a couple of neighborhoods where all the guys live. And so you actually can be home occasionally for dinner. You actually can be at a high school football game. There actually is the ability to be in a community. When you're leaving everything you've known for the last 10 years, that's a big thing. So do I think this makes sense? I do. You know, there's Bruce Arians, there's John Harbaugh, there's Jim Harbaugh, there's Pat Fitzgerald, there's Lincoln Riley. I don't see Matt Campbell or Brian Kelly, maybe a David Shaw. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe. Do you hire him as head coach? You just hire him to be offensive coordinator. Going to be fascinating to see what the Green Bay Packers do in this last run. It does feel like when Kobe decided, hey, I want Phil Jackson to come back and coach me. Remember, Phil Jackson retired, came back, and all of a sudden they started winning championships again. There is no Phil Jackson sitting out there. But there could be a Josh McDaniels comes over from the Patriots. You hear enough people say Josh McDaniels' name and you you figure out uh, you figure out that that you you must be on to something, right? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes, Here, here's Aaron Rodgers on the coaching chain. You know, I'm a, obviously an older player in the league. I still have a number of years on my contract. Would love to still play to 40. I think there's an interest on who the next guy would be, but I'm not, you know, needing to be involved in that process. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need to be involved. The Packers are saying we're not going to involve him, and Aaron Rodgers is saying you don't need to involve me. But you know what Aaron Rodgers needs, and he knows what he needs. More than anything, you need a plan. You need somebody who's willing to communicate, but somebody who's also willing to stand up to the quarterback. You don't just need a pushover, and you don't need a dictator. You need somebody who comes in and says, hey, I want to get us all together so we can all win and have a really believable plan in place. So Urban Meyer retired today. Is he done for good? I'll ask Joel Klatt. He joins me next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
but it. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on live from Los Angeles here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, catch up with Joel Klatt, who um, has been reacting to the announcement that Urban Meyer is calling it a career for the second time. Do you believe this is the last time he coaches football in college football? Man, I think I might just take his own answer when he was asked that today at his press conference and say, that's complicated. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. You know, um, I could see him getting back into it. I could see this being it. Uh, But I I certainly understand why the timing was right now for not only him, but, but for the school and for the program. You know, I think there were a lot of factors in this, Doug, and, and I don't think that was lost on Coach Meyer. And, you know, two weeks ago when we met with him before the Michigan game, he was very relaxed, almost eerily relaxed and calm. And he's not normally like that. He's a very intense guy in our meetings on Fridays for home games. And, um, you know, we asked him how, how he was doing and everything, and, and Gus and I kind of got him on a side conversation, and he said he was leaning towards this to us and obviously he wanted us to keep it under our hat uh, so we did you know out of respect to him but so i wasn't surprised today but uh he, he had not made any final declarations at that point and i think even all the way up until saturday doug i had guys you know from their staff you know basically saying yeah we you know we don't know what's going to happen i don't know if he's made a choice or a decision so i think that this might have been something that you know, he looked around at the end of the game and, and talked with his family and said, I think that this is time. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing. I mean, I think to say it's just health would be unfair. And I think he did. He admitted that it wasn't just it wasn't just health. But I mean, like, dude, you watch a dude over there struggling on the sideline. Here, here was my way I started the show, Joel. I, I think this is a different era than you even go back five, ten years ago. One the transfer thing, I think, wears a lot of coaches out, right? One, I got to worry about the kids I play leaving for the NFL, and the kids I don't play, I got to worry about them leaving. Um, all of the media stuff ha- has been there. It's probably a little bit more. Obviously, you know, Title IX things on campus, you got to keep your eye on and handle things the right way. And then now you have to worry about your staff and how you treat them. But I, I think that because guys make so much more money at the top that they can actually walk away, where – you go back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, definitely 20 years ago when we were in school and a guy might've wanted to walk away, but financially it wasn't like you had FU money. He actually does. That's why I think he could walk away, be fine, be a coach emeritus, maybe do some TV, maybe not, and never be financially in any sort of need. Yeah. Financially he's, he's done it. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people would be shocked if they went back through and looked at, you know, who the highest paid coaches were in like the year 2001 and 2002. You would look at those sums and just be like, are you kidding me? So the salaries have grown exponentially and the guys that have benefited from that certainly are in a position like Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer where they can walk away. They've been paid at the top end of college football for now more than a decade. You know, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be surprised if, if Urban never has to work another day in his life. He's going to have opportunities, whether it's on the field or off, like you suggested in the booth or something along those lines on a television uh, network somewhere, someday. Um, but I, w- I, I do think, yes, you're right about all those stresses. And then more specifically to his situation, I think that you could probably, and I don't know the percentages of everything I'm going to mention, but I'm just going to throw out, I think, 
factors, and and these are factors that I think led him to this decision. Uh, one was the off the field issue this off season, sure. and. I think that there was some frustration from his part. Now, you can bristle at that or not. I just think that there was some frustration from his part with the way that the school handled it and maybe didn't back him like he he wanted, potentially. Um, Again, that might be speculation, but I think that there was some frustration there. I also think that his health is an issue. You know, he told us that he was dealing with massive pain in his head, the cyst in the middle of his brain caused him great pain when he would get exuberant, in particular when he would shout. And he's a guy that was always in his career animated and loud. And so the pain in his head was just taking a toll on him. I think he also wanted to leave that program because it felt like home to him, and he called it home. He wanted to leave that program in in a state in which it could have success after he left. And he didn't want them to go through what he feels like Florida went through when he left, which was kind of roaming around in the forest and finding its own way. He saw what Bob did at Oklahoma with right. Lincoln Riley, a worthy successor, and he thought that he had one in Ryan Day. And if they didn't do it now, I think Ryan Day probably gets another head job this this go-around. And so they thought, you know what, all of those factors, if we consider them, I think now's the time. And I think, you know, like I said, you can speculate on the percentage that each factor uh, played a part, but I think all of those played a part. Did they find the four best teams? I think that they did. Um, I, I think that the term for best is something that I think is, is way too vague. And, and quite honestly, I thought that it was taken way too literal by some people that I really respect in this business. And they essentially were arguing for a beauty pageant, i.e. a figure skating competition. And I, I was disappointed in that. And that's their opinion, which is fine. And we can disagree. And that, in part, is what's great about college football but the bottom line is, is that a two-loss non-champion whose best win was Florida, to me, should not have gone over a couple of teams that had better wins than them, won their conference championship, and had fewer losses. Um, I just was not a big proponent of the whole argument for Georgia, and therefore I thought I think that they, the committee got it right. And quite frankly, if you were just arguing about best, then we can go to Vegas spreads and Notre Dame shouldn't be in. If win-loss records really don't matter, then Notre Dame shouldn't be in because – no one would favor Notre Dame on a neutral field against Ohio State this Saturday, right? So that's why I got frustrated and disappointed in that conversation. I think that the term for best is hurting college football as a whole uh, because this discussion takes place every single year. But ultimately, I thought that the committee got it right. Um, is Tua or Kyler the best college football player in America? Kyler is the best college football player in America, and I think he had the best season as well. Um, I think that he played – his best football when his best was needed, and I don't think that was necessarily the case um, uh, with Tua. And if you like it or not, you can hate this argument, but this is also one of the arguments, is that I I never saw the backup for Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray come in uh, because that quarterback put him in a hole down 14 points and take that team and, and earn a victory. Quite frankly, if that would have happened with Ohio State or with Oklahoma, they would have lost that game. Um, so that's an argument for those guys. I think that their numbers are better. Um, but, yeah, I think Kyler was the better football player. Let's just say this. If I was a head coach and I had one pick, and I had to pick a quarterback from this year's crop of players, he would be the first pick in my draft. Wow. Um, do you think he'll win the Heisman Trophy? I do. I actually do. I've, I've been uh, you know, chatting with some Heisman voters, and I've actually been very surprised. And all of them to, to a person, not all of them, I shouldn't say all of them, 
most of them, Doug, have told me that their their decision changed in the last week. And we didn't discuss who we put at number one because, candidly, I don't really want to know. What, you know, I don't. I'm not going to tell you who I put number one, but I, I well, will. Well, they say tell it changed that. in the last week. Then they're picking Kyler Murray because he played yeah, well I mean, into a didn't. Between and, the lines, right? You can read between the lines. Hmm. Joel Klatt joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Feels like after last week was a bad week for Michigan. This is a really good day for Michigan. Like I, I have no doubt that look, Lincoln Riley's done an unbelievable job, but Ohio State's going to suffer a ton of losses to the NFL draft. He's going to have to remake this program. We, we, meanwhile, as disappointed as Michigan is, um, I, I feel like this is a win for Jim Harbaugh. Hey, Urban Meyer's in the top five all-time winning percentage in coaches in college football history. <laughs> of course this is a win. I mean, this is a win for the, the rest of the conference big time. Maybe not for, for the perception of the conference, but certainly for uh, the abilities for those teams to compete and potentially win a division or win a conference championship. And and I certainly would put Michigan at the top of that list. I mean, this guy was 7-0 and against Michigan, and in particular after this year, when it looked like Michigan had the better team and still lost, you got this sense of like, well, when is this going to happen? Well, I think at least that door is cracked open a little bit because moving forward, there's going to be more question marks for Ohio State than they are with Michigan, uh, with Jim Harbaugh, you know, staying there. And so... Uh, this certainly is uh, is a day in which Ann Arbor, they're going to wake up, hear the news, maybe uh, and get a wry smile while they're drinking their coffee. Um, I the, the one thing that I do think is missing in the discussion over the college football playoff is, why isn't Clemson number one? Why, why is Alabama, why, why did we have to, we had to put Alabama number one? Like, they weren't very good the last couple weeks of the season. They weren't, they weren't nearly as dominant late as they were early in the season as opposed to Clemson, who once they changed quarterbacks and found their footing, granted against inferior competition, the ACC never really challenged for the last two months. I, I would have been fine with that, to be honest with you. Now, I don't think it ultimately matters one versus two, but I would have been fine with that. And and I think Oklahoma over Notre Dame, I would have been fine with. I mean, Oklahoma proved to be a more consistent team on the top end than maybe even Notre Dame. You know, I, I think Ohio State uh, getting in over – um, Oklahoma would have been fine with me, even with the 29-point loss. So you can make an argument any direction. The one thing that I did think was interesting is that if you give Oklahoma the nod over Georgia because they won a conference championship, then why isn't Ohio State fifth? Right? Like, doesn't that seem a little weird? Yeah. And if conference championships really mean this much, then why in the world isn't Oklahoma three and Notre Dame four? I think it's amazing. So again, the inconsistencies are are in this committee yeah i i think what what's interesting to me is if the big 12 didn't have a championship game but oklahoma played oklahoma state this last weekend would they still be in no i think ohio state would have been in yeah i think look they rolled the dice on the thing and i thought it would be the ultimate backfire that's what i always i always thought they'd have like an I think under, it's un- the only thing that got them in this year i i think it is too i i i'll be honest with you i thought it was the i told I, I told Bullsby, I said, look, I know you're going to do it. He goes, we're going to do it. This is like two years before they did it. I said, I know you're going to do it because there's too much money, and they're telling you it's the only way to make sure you get a team in. But I think you're going to have an undefeated team or a one-loss team that loses to an inferior team. And he's like, well, that's a risk everybody wants to take. And they took it. And you know what? Good for them. The last two years, they end up getting a team in. How, how important is it for Oklahoma to win a game in the college football playoffs, something they haven't done? 
Yeah, it's starting to get there. It's starting to get there. Now, I don't know if this is the year where they're going to have to. I, I think the first time that the Big 12, or if it's OU specifically, the first time that they're going to be favored in the game is going to be really important, in particular after last year. Um, this year, it's going to be tough. Now, I'm with you. I thought Alabama has shown some weakness in their last three ball games, Tied at half to Citadel, 10-10. Three-point game at half with Auburn. Down 14 two different times. Now, they won all three games, and I still think they're a great team. But I don't want to see Kyler Murray in that offense. Um, I mean, if Oklahoma plays a shred of defense, I think they're going to have a chance late. Just a shred. Now, that's going to be – that remains to be seen if they're even able to do that. Alabama might hand the ball off 50 times in 400 yards on the ground and score 52 points just from running the football. So I don't know if they absolutely have to have to a healthy, uh, to be quite honest with you. I think that the bigger injury that we should be talking about in that game specifically is Hollywood Brown. If Marquise Brown is not healthy, then Oklahoma is not nearly as dangerous. And I know that that can be maybe an obvious take, but what he does not just for their passing game and their ability to be explosive, but for their run game, he gets the safeties out of that run box. Doug, I mean, in a big way, which is a, a large reason why they've been so successful running the football. Uh, if they don't have him and they don't have that ability, I think Alabama is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage, and that's when it's going to become even more tough for Kyler Murray to operate just trying to throw the ball in a one-dimensional offense. So if you're looking at, for, for from the OU perspective, what the biggest key to the game is, I think it's going to be the health of Marquise Brown and that foot that he injured in the Big 12 championship. How good's the Jalen Hurts story? I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, I know I can't remember. I think you and I disagreed about Kelly Bryant. Here's the thing. I think that you can, I think you can love both. So I think I can be, you know, like pro Kelly Bryant and pro Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm so happy that his decision worked out for him. Um, I'm no, no, hoping he, that Kelly Bryant's decision works out for him. You I, know, I think that both of those things can be true. I, I here, here, there's, there's a couple different levels to it. I would admit I wouldn't stay. Right, like if I'm if I get benched and there's a guy who's a freshman, I know like and the coaches are well, you're one play away. And again, like basketball is different than football in terms of, you know, one play happens a lot more. In basketball, you're going to get in. In foot in football, you're not. But still, like I, I wouldn't stay. But you have to understand if you leave, you're like you're almost guaranteed to go to a program that has no chance to compete for a national championship, and you're going to go to a place where you're never really going to have a home. Right, you're never real. Like Kelly Bryant is, he may get invited to the national championship anniversary celebrations, but he's going to end his career as a. Where do you end up transferring to? By the way, did he? I forget. Uh, where, he hasn't made a decision. Okay. Yet. Okay. So, say he goes to North Carolina and plays for Mac Brown. Like, yeah, you're not gonna. You're not really a Carolina guy, and you're not really a Clemson guy anymore. So, I, I, my thing is, I don't like quitting in the middle of the season. I understand that this is just he's benefiting from a new NCAA rule. And he gets, I just, I don't like the idea of four games in. You're like, all right, I'm out. That's it. Because we're all just, you're one play away. I totally understand transferring. If I was Jalen Hurts after getting beat out in the national championship game and I can't win it in the spring, then I'm out too. But if you stay, you stay for the season. You don't give up midseason. Yeah, I mean, Bryant's situation was just, a, I mean, it was so different. If he does that, he's done. Right. Right. You know, so that's why the the two. I know that the two will be brought up as as a parallel, but they are so different because Hertz has another year, regardless of if he you know used a red shirt this year or didn't. Um, whereas 
Brian, this is, I mean, this is it, right? He played one more snap for Clemson and his career is going to be over in a month um, versus. So again, like I think that not every decision is made in a vacuum. Right. Um, and, and I, I really want both guys to have success. I thought it was wonderful, you know, to, to make the point for those that argue about perseverance and character and don't quit. I loved it for Jalen Hurts, but I absolutely understand what Kelly Bryant did and why he did it. Me too. Good stuff. Uh, congrats on another incredible season. You do have how many bowl games? One? Uh, yeah, Gus and I will do one game. We'll do the holiday bowl on the uh, New Year's Eve. Awesome. Awesome. All right, we'll see you around Newport uh, shortly after that game, and thanks for joining us. Absolutely, bud. One Take o- care. The one and only Joel Klatt joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So he said it's complicated. He didn't say he knew, but he kind of knew that he was probably going to retire. I think it's interesting. So much more money now in the bank for a guy like Urban Meyer than there was when coaches retired 20 years ago. Let's get to Dan Byers. got a ton of money sitting around the bank. Don't don't wipe your nose with a $100 bill. That's just rude in front of Ramos. uh, I write my scripts on the cash that I bring to work every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I sometimes say 100 because it's mixed in between. Uh, Yeah, Urban Meyer's got a lot of cash, Doug. And if he doesn't coach again after announcing his retirement, retirement today effective after the rose bowl this is what he got has i should say for his future relationship with gene smith is as real as real as it can get and he you know i hope to and somehow have an impact on our student athletes and be involved in this athletic tournament this great university so if he doesn't coach he'll have an administrative role we do know that ryan day will be the coach introduced as urban meyer's successor he'll take over on january 2nd of 2019 most of what coaches built here is going to stay and as we go along, there's going to be some changes in terms of, um, you know, the way we do certain things. But um, our, our beliefs are strong. Five-year deal for Day, reportedly worth $4.5 million annually for the new head coach of the Buckeyes. Another college football note, Cliff Kingsbury, going to be the offensive coordinator under Clay Helton at USC. This according to Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman. I'll have some NFL stuff in a second, but I do want to tell you two things. First of all, the NHL Board of Governors awarded Seattle an expansion franchise. They'll begin play in the fall of 2021. Wait, so there's another NHL team? Yes, it'll go to 32 teams with the addition of the Seattle franchise. The Seattle what? The talk is Metropolitans because that's what they were about a hundred years ago. That is awful. That's that's the talk, but it could you know could change. Maybe they'll go in a different direction. But the Seattle Metropolitans were the team in like 1917 and 1919 around that time. There were people in Seattle back then. Yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe it was the like Metropolitan. A, it feels like a recently discovered <laughs> land. It really does. I uh, do got to tell you, I know that the Capitals and Golden Knights have their Stanley Cup final rematch tonight, but the actual game of the night. Leafs and Sabres, two oh, of the top teams. The Leaf, of the, eh? Uh, two of the top they stand teams side the, by each. Yeah, they, they, uh, two of the top teams of the Eastern Conference. There are Discover Card key matchups. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member. A Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply, Doug. I got to pay off the NFL news. The yes. Bills released wide receivers Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes today. Raiders, or excuse me, Redskins head coach Jay Gruden said the team discussed bringing in Colin Kaepernick to back up Mark Sanchez, but they'll likely go in a different direction. And no James Conner for the Steelers. They got the Raiders on Sunday. He's going to miss the game because of a high ankle sprain. We discussed it, and then we're like, nah. 
Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Wasn't that good and doesn't know our offense. Outside of that, perfect fit. Oh, yeah, and he's two in the league. Probably, probably, probably difficult. But at least he goes like, yeah, we discussed it, which is honest. Is honest. Somebody goes like, hey, what do you think about Kaepernick? No! No! No way! And somebody, we need the dues! There are no dues! Um, can I just do this one little thing on the NHL? I actually think it's a little bit of genius in that they're going into Seattle. They're doing the, they're, they're do, what they're doing is the MLS thing. They can't make a ton of money on the TV deal, right? They just can't. Like, there's just not, as much as baseball makes a killing on their local TV, as much as NFL makes it on their local and their national TV, on college sport, football, college basketball, make it on their national TV in terms of a rights deals. They just, there's not that type of revenue generated by the NHL. So you have to generate revenue with getting full arenas and going to a Seattle, city like Seattle that is wanting for another professional sport. Supports soccer really well. Obviously, NFL does well. I think Mariners do well, although I'm not going to tell you I really pay attention to the Mariners. They were decent this last year, and then they trade away the best closer in baseball and Robbie Cano and got a bunch of young players. That said, like, it's a great sports town. It just feels like they're trying to zig when everybody else's zags. Like, hey, let's go to 32. Let's get, you know, more franchise fees. But I, I don't, man, that's a weird one. They wanted the Sonics for so long. They're like, you don't get the Sonics, but you're going to get an NHL team. Like, cool. What would be a good little rivalry with Vancouver? Little rivalry. The Metropolitans. Yeah, that nickname's taken. It's been taken since 1917. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's thrown 148 passes over the last three weeks. Steelers have run the ball 59 times, and now James Connors out for this week's weekend's game. Of course, a team needed a touchdown to win uh, against the Broncos. They don't, didn't run the ball; they ran a RPO. Roethlisberger, quote, I don't think there's any reason people to get worked up over the number of runs compared to passes. He said via the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, people are always going to get worked up over the numbers when you lose, especially. I don't know if people would get as worked up if we would have won the game. That's why Randy Fitchner is the OC and calls the plays for us. I think we're just fine with the run-pass ratio. Uh, we just want to win. I, I, I do think it's fair to say that Le'Veon Bell not having Le'Veon Bell. Did they draw a hard and fast line? Yes. Were they unwilling to negotiate or change their negotiations with, for a long-term deal? Absolutely. But even though Le'Veon Bell looked like, and frankly was the bad guy or the dumb guy with the $14 million he could have made and then been a free agent, can we at least admit he's a great running back and he would help these numbers be balanced off more? Coming up next, does Mark Sanchez deserve to be the Redskins' starting quarterback? We'll discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ding dong ding. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio every day at this time. We play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox sports radio or Fox sports. One, we call it. Ow. <laughs> 
Okay. Here's Shannon Sharp talking about the Redskins going with Mark Sanchez over Colin Kaepernick. Mark Sanchez comes into the game. You know Mark Sanchez is terrible. He's been terrible for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. The, I mean, he's been terrible far longer than he's ever was good, and I can't remember the last time he was good. Skip, mm-hmm. how can somebody honestly say Mark Sanchez deserved to still play, but you and I both know a guy that, that doesn't have a, a good job? question. It's a good question. Here's the answer. Twofold. One, does Colin Kaepernick have any knowledge of the Redskins system? Any. And the answer would be no. The, the answer would be no. Secondly, Mark Sanchez was not actually hired to come into that game. It was a freak play where Colt McCoy is rolling over and his leg whips and hits uh, a cornerback's leg and he, he breaks the fibula. Like, that was the freakiest, weirdest play ever. And so you may ask, well, why is that a big deal? Sanchez is brought in to be a backup, to be a consummate backup, which is what he did last year in Dallas. Uh, two years ago, excuse me, in Dallas, and what he did in Philadelphia, what he did in Chicago. He was in Chicago last year with Trubisky. The job of the backup quarterback is not to necessarily come in and play. The job is to know everything you're supposed to know about being a quarterback and being a leader and running the system and getting the other guy ready. And you know who's never done that nor showed the desire to do that? Colin Kaepernick would be your answer. I, I know you don't want to hear it, but it's like, I, I read this column, a columnist wrote it in the New York Daily News. They've asked me to write a rebuttal because they, 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 they were they're trying to put out that in previous, basically the idea of the column was in previous years, Jimmer Fredette would have gotten back into the NBA because he's white and the last guy on the bench is white, used to be white, whereas now it's not. And how white privilege no longer exists in the NBA, I think is why it was written how it was written. And it's just like the ba- a backup point guard even though backup point guards play, it's not the same position as the starting point guard. It's not. When you're a backup point guard, you're supposed to change the tempo of a game. You're supposed to pick up 94 feet. You, you got to be, you got to have the toughness and tenacity that the starter doesn't necessarily have to have because he has a little bit more skill, more talent. And so he can take a playoff or two. And it depends upon position, obviously. Point guard, you have to, if you can't guard the point guard position, you have no chance. Whereas you can hide some other guys that can't guard. But one of the biggest problems that guys in the media have, and I'm stunned that Shannon Sharp has this too, is they don't understand the role of the backup quarterback is not to be a better quarterback than anybody else out there. It's to be a good fit, to be a good soldier, to be a link between the coaching staff and the quarterback so that you're all in the same wavelength and all you're doing during the week is getting the other guy ready. I know, yeah, by the way, Colin Kaepernick hasn't been in a locker room, hasn't been in a training camp for a couple of years. It's just not the only chance it was going to happen was when Greg Roman was in Baltimore and his girlfriend blew that thing up with uh, with the Instagram post. This was uh, Mark Sanchez. Remember, I, I, I played this for you time and again. Last year, late in the season, this is a clip. Mark Sanchez mic'd up talking to Mitch Trubisky uh, right before he goes out for his first snap of the game. That's right. I'm here with number 10, Mitchell Trubisky, rookie quarterback playing against his hometown team. I got a couple things. This is something I told Brad Johnson on the day we won our Super Bowl in Tampa. I said, hey, game day is not the day to experiment with new footwork. There's no new reads. There's no need to make new shit up. Great footwork, great reads, great decisions, great ball. 
That was last year. That was last year in a 20-3 win over the Cleveland Browns. That was his hometown team, right? That's what that was. That was in December 24th. It's snowing outside. That's the job of the backup quarterback. You may not like it. You may not understand it. You're like, I don't get it. Why wouldn't you get? Because I, I would argue, I, I wouldn't argue with you if you told me that at their peaks, at their peak, Colin Kaepernick was more talented than Mark Sanchez. I'm okay with that. Now, if you want to tell me that Colin Kaepernick is more accomplished because he played in the Super Bowl, like, okay, marginally so. Mark Sanchez went to two AFC championship games. Was had um, more sustained success maybe than Kaepernick, who had one really one year, one a year and a half of sustained success. Like we remember Kaepernick, like this dude was dominant in the league. No, he lost his job twice, twice, and he didn't lose his job to good quarterbacks. He lost it to Blaine Gabbert. Do I think he has the talent to still be in the NFL? Sure, but he's got to find the right fit, and he's got to get in somebody's camp so he can learn their system. And he also, unfortunately, has two things additionally going against him in addition to suing the league for collusion. You know what those things are? Oh, actually, three things. You know the three head coaches he played for? Jim Harbaugh is at Michigan. Jim, uh, Jim Tomsula, who he's probably a defensive line coach somewhere. I, I haven't looked it up. And Chip Kelly is at UCLA. It's, this is business. And in business, it's not what you know. It's who you know. Right, I'm, and, and I'm sure Jim Tomsula, by the way, is a defensive line coach with the Redskins. So when Jay Gruden says we brought it up and decided against it, I'm sure that Jim Tomsula is like, nah, not your guy. But when two of your three head coaches are coaching in college, that hurts your ability to get a job. Because sports, just like any business, it's about relationships. And the relationships you create when you're a starting quarterback carry over to when you're a backup guys want guys. They know they've worked with before. They know all the idiosyncrasies. Are they a hard worker? Are they a good guy? Do they have, uh, uh, do they have, um, you know, do they have their morals, moral compass in place? So this yearning for Kaepernick, like the very small group of people that would swear by Kaepernick, one of them was in Baltimore, and that thing got blown up by his girlfriend's post. And two of his, the two of his three head coaches are in college. If he wants to start for Michigan or for UCLA, I'm sure they'd have him. Happily so. All right, the story of the day, the news of the day, the nod, if you will, is that Urban Meyer has announced his retirement from Ohio State. Urban Meyer done at Ohio State myriad of questions what does this do to ohio state in the future and will urban meyer ever coach again we'll play for you what urban said and i'll decipher it i'll tell you if i think he's gonna coach again he's not gonna coach again we got that next hour as well what happened to janet jeremiah is he joining us or no is he bailing on today cannot do today wow okay lots of honor mike lombardi will join us we'll ask him if he thinks urban meyer coaches again Plus, we're going to ask him, Chargers for real now? Was, didn't didn't be- believe in the Chargers before. Does he believe in them now? We'll discuss next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. Jason Lockhamfora, here's a tweet. Ryan Mallett has barely impersonated an NFL backup, was so bad in Baltimore that he derailed practice at times, couldn't be bothered to make the team play in Texans, but he's steady getting workouts. Kaepernick has never thrown uh, has never thrown for an NFL team since the 49ers cut him. Um, it does tell you, like NFL teams that want to win, it does tell you that there there also is there is more to the Kaepernick thing than just the protests. Just want to point that out to people. But gotta be fascinating as people continue to beat the Kaepernick drum, where once we get to week 17 this year, you go two straight seasons. You are, in fact, done, which is different than college football coaching. Where the longer a guy is away, the more you think he can come back and do it again. Herm Edwards never coached in college, coached in the NFL, come back. Now he's at Arizona State. Obviously, uh, Urban Meyer announces earlier today that he was going to retire effective at the end of the Rose Bowl. Here's Urban Meyer talking about if he'll ever coach again. Urban, as you sit here now, do you believe you will not coach again? I believe I will not coach again. Are you, are you fairly certain? Like certain, yes. Um, do you so? Do you anticipate staying in Columbus and being around I the do. program? The decision was a result of accumulative events and health. Number one, the fact that we have an elite coach on our staff, the fact that our program is very healthy, we've recruited very well, all played a significant role in this. And I can't say this is the reason. This is the reason, but uh, uh, there's cumulative reasons that uh, we're at this point cumulative reasons which leads you to believe if some of those reasons are eliminated then all of a sudden now he could be back in coaching look he is going to be the most sought after commodity in coaching in a year assuming that he gets his health right assuming now he had a procedure and he has a cyst on his brain and he had severe headaches and you know whoever hires him like if another big job like a USC opens next year, you do have to ask yourself, how long can this guy actually do the job considering he'll be a year older and his last two jobs were ended because of health concerns. I think he actually is more likely done than not done. And here's why. Um, one. He, he left Ohio state. Ohio State is a top five job on anybody's anybody's radar. Ohio State's an incredible job, plus it's home. He's an alum there. To walk away from that, whereas he could have taken a leave of absence, he could have done a million different things. To walk away from that, I mean, you're walking away from your dream job. Florida wasn't his dream job. Florida was, and I don't know if people remember, he, Notre Dame was open. They flew him in. They offered him $2 million. Florida offered him $4 million. And it was that and Jeremy Foley and the level of commitment at the University of Florida that led to him becoming a Gator head coach and winning two national championships. And when I say it was $4 million, you're like, oh, well, he's about the money. That actually is why I think he might not coach again. He's been making $5 million a year with the exception of his year off for the last 15 years plus. There's a chance Urban Meyer in walking away 
has somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million in cash saved up, not even counting what he has in stocks and bonds and real estate and whatever. The money has so dramatically changed for college coaches that they can and will walk and stay away, which wasn't the case previously. It's a lot like why, why Calvin Johnson retired. Right? Calvin Johnson retired not because his body hurt, but because his body hurt enough to where he could stop and think and go, you know, I got like $60 million, $70 million in cash in the bank. I don't really need this anymore. It's the same reason I believe Dabo Sweeney won't leave Clemson for the NFL and neither will uh, Lincoln Riley. There used to be a time in which you could only make money coaching in the National Football League. And now you can make five, six, seven, eight million dollars in a college town. Why would you go coach in the NFL? Why? You get fired a year, two years, three years in, whereas in college coaching at these elite schools, you got better players than 90% of the other teams. You can build yourself a ridiculously unfireable contract because schools don't have that kind of money. So I think Urban Meyer is done, done, but I'm willing to at least admit that he's going to listen to a USC. He's going to listen if, you know, pick what other plum job that he hasn't in a conference, if Notre Dame comes available, right, a place that he was an assistant once before. The money now is so ridiculous that guys can actually choose when they want to walk away because they don't have to do it for the money. And it's not as much fun as it used to be. It's just not. Now you're concerned about your coach's behavior at home your players and how they treat women while it was always a concern. Now you have title nine to worry about, which you can't really involve yourself in, but you have to be cautious of. I'm talking about title nine investigations. In addition to winning football games, competitive environment, the population is fleeing the Midwest and moving to the South. And then you have your health, which is a legit concern. Anybody who looked at him and watched him has thought, You know what? That dude is not right. That dude is not healthy. He did not appear to be happy. The whole idea of coaching is you don't ever have to grow up, right? You get to tell kids how to play a kid's game. He's had to be a grown-up for this entire season, and that doesn't strike me as a ton of fun. And while people keep saying, USC, 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 I could see that happening. Could see it happening. But if you think you run into off-the-field issues with your players when they're doing well at Florida in a small college town like Gainesville or in Columbus in a much larger state capital but much smaller city than Los Angeles, imagine Urban Meyer trying to manage 85 scholarship players in a place like Southern California. He'd never sleep at night. Never sleep at night. So I thought he was honest with the reasoning, with the timing. And with why he walked away, he could have gone another year and it could have gone better, but it didn't. And the time was now because the replacement was in place and he legitimately does care about Ohio State. Look, I'm sure he's still ticked at them suspending him. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. But in the once you've walked away from two gigs, getting you to take a third gig. Not sure I see that one.
Not sure I see that one. Good chance Urban Meyer is done. Done. Done, done. Eagles are back from the dead with their win last night. Cowboys appear to be the team to beat in the NFC. And are the Chargers legitimately and honestly and actually for real because they came from behind and beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh? We'll ask former NFL GM Michael Lombardi. He joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. He He's the author of Gridiron Genius, a masterclass in winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. He's Michael Lombardi. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, let's, let's work backwards from Monday Night Football. Weird injury to Colt McCoy aside, uh, where you know, he breaks his leg, kind of leg-whipping somebody else. What are your thoughts on the Eagles now that we've seen them find a way to survive and win, and now they got another shot at Dallas on the road? Well, look, I, I think the Eagles finally played a game where they could score in the first quarter, which is critical. But I think schedule is tough. You've got to go to Dallas. You've got to go to, to Los Angeles come back and play Houston, which may be a meaningful game, I'm not sure, and then play Washington in Washington, which won't, won't be a meaningful game for the Redskins by that point. So I think they're going to have to get some things straightened out. I mean, last night, look, the, the Redskins were ill-equipped to play that game. They had, you know, Have you ever seen a running back run for a 90-yard run and not gain 100 yards? No. I mean, it's remarkable, right? So, look, and the Redskins, you know, people say, well, it's tough about the injuries. This happens every year in Washington. They're 8-9. and nine, under Jay Gruden in the month of December. So this is not uncommon what's going on in Washington. All right, let's uh, let's continue to work backwards. Sunday night football, Chargers fall behind early, and it felt like, all right, here we go again. Chargers take a dump on national TV in a big Sunday night game. Then they woke up, and they found Keenan Allen on option routes against linebackers. Then they started to run the football with Justin Jackson, the rookie at Northwestern. Suddenly they gained confidence. They get the lead. Uh, they they went on a game-winning field goal. They did get three opportunities to make that game-winning field goal. And everything we thought we knew about the Chargers goes out the window, right? They actually can win a big game. What's your level of buy-in now that you've seen them against the Steelers without Melvin Gordon? I mean, they beat, they beat the Steelers without Melvin Gordon. They win in Seattle. Those are two huge wins. I think Jackson, when he started to play in the second half, changed the game a little bit. You know, I think he had eight runs for 70-plus yards. Look, Ekular is a good player in his role, but they tried to increase his role in the first half. It didn't work. And I think that really caused them to get behind the eight ball. They need two backs in their system, and I think Jackson came in and gave them that, and certainly Phillip Rivers has been outstanding. Look, I, I, the, the Chargers... You know, I first thought when they were played in that small stadium in Los Angeles, they'd have a home field advantage because of the, the, the coziness and the comfort of there. They don't. I think they actually have a Warriors mentality to go on the road, and I think those two wins prove they can go anywhere and win, and they won a game with their special teams. Don't discount that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, 33, Derwin James. <laughs> He's pretty pretty special, right? Like, look, Bosa and, and uh, Ingram up front are incredible, but – 33's versatility in 2018 in the NFL, a guy who can run like that, cover like that, hit like that, that's the kind that changes the course of a franchise's history. Is that is that too much to put on one kid? No, I think that, look, that's, he is the contemporary player that, you know, I wrote about it in my book. I mean, Jamal Adams, the safety from the, the LSU, got drafted early by the, the Jets, is almost an anomaly now. I mean, he, his physical contact and his ability to, 
to intimidate receivers doesn't exist anymore because the rules. But, you know, when you see Derwin James play on all three levels, when you see him be able to attack the quarterback, be able to tackle and be able to play with a lot of range in the middle of the field, that opens up a whole set of of situations that the defensive coaches can play into. And I think he certainly is what everybody wants in the back end of their defense, a versatile player who can play on all three levels. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What about the Steelers? I saw this uh, Ben Roethlisberger's like, hey, it's no big deal. But now they've lost James Conner for a short period of time. 148 passes over the last three games, only 59 runs over the last uh, over the last three games. How concerned should we be about the Steelers with their past two losses? Well, I think they haven't played pace. I mean, look, they turn the ball over in Denver. They give a game away. They have four turnovers. They miss a field goal. Two of those turnovers occurred inside their opponent's one-yard line. So, you know, they give games away in the second half of that game. You know, when you're in the lead and you're throwing it over 50 times, something's wrong. You know, you've got to control the pace of the game, and you've got to be able to force the team that's playing catch-up to feel desperate. And they never really did that in the second half. And I think if you look at the stats – that game was an anomaly. I mean, because when you build a lead in the half, you have an 85% chance of winning when you're playing at home, and the Steelers went against that. So it takes a lot to lose one of those games that was the perfect storm for, for the Los Angeles Chargers. The Steelers need to figure out how to play a pace. This whole notion that we're just going to keep trying to score and outscore people, that works in the Big 12. It doesn't work in the NFL. Uh, let's get to the Carolina Panthers. Cam plays poorly. He was playing so well early in the year and throws four picks. And, but the, the and the defense has struggled. They end up firing most of the defensive staff. Um, is that what's been wrong? Is the defensive coaching what's wrong with Carolina, where they they go from dream season to complete nosedive? Well, look, the Carolina Panthers have always been a team about their defensive front. They've always had a win with their defensive line. They've never been great in terms of cover man-to-man second. They have one corner, Bradbury, that actually can play. They're not a great coverage team, and I think they've struggled all year on the road playing defense, and no matter where they go, they have a hard time playing defense on the road, and if the offense can't carry them, it becomes a problem. The only quarter that they've actually played good defense on the road was the fourth quarter against the Eagles, where they've got some stops, and Cam brought them back to win that game down 17 to nothing. But I think there's a there's an issue with Cam's arm. I don't think his shoulder's 100%. I think he's playing through it. He's a warrior. He's fighting. But, you know, McCaffrey dominates the game. He has, you know, almost nine yards to carry, running the football. He's the leading receiver. Yet they make a lot of mistakes. Their offensive line breaks down, and they gain 400 yards, and they don't win the game. They gain 441 yards against the, the Tampa Bay Bucks and don't win the game because they make mistakes. And this is the way it's been all year, Doug. And, I, and I've been buying into them. I think they're a talented team. They don't play like a good team. Um, I wanted to ask you about Odell Beckham Jr. It's an onside kick at the end of the game against the Bears. And he does the old, you know, business decision stays out of the way. But he's on the hands team, and he got a huge contract. What, what do NFL people say when they see that play? Well, I mean, look, you know, to me, you put yourself in front of winning. I mean, look, that's the last time he'll be on the hands team. Can you imagine that? He's never going to be on the hands team again, or at least he's not going to be on the front line of the hands team. I mean, that was a critical play. It almost cost him the game. It did. It, it should have cost him the game. And, you know, not being able to run up there. And, look, he makes a lot of plays for his team. He does a lot of great things. But that in front of everybody makes it hard. I think you have to take him off those situations because he's not going to give you what you want. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM. Of course, has been in so many front offices in the National Football League. Pick up his new book, Gridiron Genius, Masterclass in Winning Championships and Building Dynasties in the NFL. If you're the Green Bay Packers, what do you do? 
I take my time. I think the one thing I learned from Al Davis, uh, many things that I learned from Al Davis, is to take your time to find out what the whole landscape is. I think if you rush into this decision too quickly, you end up missing the whole market. There may be somebody out there that's the best coach, and he just hasn't come available yet. The other thing I do is I don't play into this notion that I have to find an offensive coach to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I think if you look at the Packers when since Mike McCarthy's been there, their problems have been a team problem as much as anything. They haven't had great depth. They haven't had a great defense. They've only been in the top five in defense twice in terms of scoring defenses. So they've always been bad. And I would sit down and say, look, we play in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We play in the frozen tundra. We're going to play four meaningful games in February, in January and December that are going to determine the fate of our franchise. And we better have a team that can play right-handed and left-handed, a team that can handle the weather and the elements. And if we don't, we're not going to be effective. The Big 12 won't work in Green Bay. It's not going to work. We've got to be a physical football team, and we have to approach it that way. And I would take my time. I would look at college coaches. I would look at pro coaches. And I wouldn't limit to just, oh, I want to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I would go to Aaron Rodgers and say, look, the best thing I can do for you is make the best team, not get you the best quarterback coach. Michael Lombardi joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Are we ready to buy in on the Texans, a team who, you know, like Kansas City, I want to get to them in a moment, has their failings in the playoffs. The Texans are a team like, well, as long as they don't match up with all about the Patriots. Texans have won nine in a row. Feels a little different with Deshaun Watson. The defense has always had playmakers. What's your level of buy-in to the Texans? You know, I think any time a team wins eight games in the NFL, you got to buy in, right? I mean, I mean, they've been fortunate through those eight wins, but they've won them. They've come out the victor. They've played bad and won, and they've protected the football. And I think Deshaun Watson has played really well, made some incredible throws. I thought the Browns had a chance to beat them last week, and they made sure of it rather quickly. That that didn't happen. And so their defense, to me, if you can throw the football on them, you can attack the corners. The problem is you got to block J.J. Watt. you got to block Whitney Marcellus. you got to block Javon Clowney. Javion Clowney. So that's a challenge, and that's things hard to do. I think they are a good team, and they can run the football. They create some problems. Their two tackles, Lamb and Davenport, have been penalty machines early in the season. They've cut down on those. They stayed out of first and 20, first and 15, and they stayed ahead of the chains, and I think that's proved beneficial. I think they're a tough football team, and they're getting tougher. Each win builds your mental toughness. Um, what now with the Saints, right? Saints get taken out of their game with the athletic linebackers of the Dallas Cowboys. Do we dial back our expectations of the Saints? No, I think the Saints are really good, and I think the Saints will continue to be really good. I think at some point you're going to have a stub. You're going to kind of mess, make a mistake in a game. Things aren't going to go away. That was a tough venue to go. It's another week, a short, you know, they play the Thursday after another Thursday. They've had a lot of tough games in a row on the road. I think don't ever really underestimate how good the Saints are, especially because they can travel with their offense. I think they'll be much better. Look, their backup, their, their backup tackle didn't play as well as he typically had done. They get Armstead back to play left tackle. Bushrod really struggled blocking Gregory, and I think that was a problem. When they get Armstead back, that'll be much better. Um, is Jameis Winston any closer to remaining in Tampa? They've won two in a row. He's played better. Obviously, there's the, there's the thought that that there may be a coaching and regime change there. But four touchdowns, no interceptions, quality quarterback rating all the last three games. Has Jameis recovered uh, from from his own failings? I think he's really played well. I give him a lot of credit. I've been one of his hardest critics. I want to, you know, I, I was down on him in terms of his character and his and his willingness to put football first in his life and not make dumb decisions. And he's done it really well. 
think he's come back. I think sitting down has helped him. I think fear does the work of reason for all players, and I think he was fearful for his career, and I think it's reasoned with him, and he's been able to come back and make the throws. I give him a ton of credit for it. He's played much better, and I think even though they have a $20 million option for him next year, it proves to be a prudent decision because early on it wasn't, and I think now it has to be based on the level of quarterbacks in the NFL. There's not very many good ones. I think at least you can work with him, and I think he can get somewhere. Any idea what Buffalo's doing cutting Kelvin Benjamin? I think Buffalo is very clear what they're doing. I think they're saying, look, the culture matters here more than anybody, no matter what we gave up for you. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's really a, a good sandwich away from being a tight end. And, you know, he wasn't taking care of himself, wasn't making the plays. They gave up a third-round pick. It didn't stop them. They're all about the culture. They're all about players buying in, doing what they want to do. If they don't want to be there, they're going to let them go. And I think that's what's reflective of what they did. How much does losing Kareem Hunt change the Kansas City Chiefs on the field in the playoffs? Well, I mean, obviously it changes them, but not as how people think it does. I mean, look, he's got, he had seven touchdowns in the passing game, 14 yards per attempt. I mean, he was sensational in the passing game. He had 36 uh, targets, 20-some catches. I mean, he was really good. And I think he was able to make plays for them in that area. That'll be the hard area to replace. Ware can run the football. You know, they can sign West. He can run the ball. Damon Williams can run the football, but those plays in the passing game are really are going to be problematic. But look, let's face it, the Chiefs offense starts with Mahomes and it ends with Tyreek Hill. Those two guys stretch the field with their arm and their speed, and that makes the Chiefs dangerous, and it makes the other plays around them more effective. Michael, great stuff as always. Really Thanks, appreciate you joining us. Happy holidays to you. You too. Michael Lombardi, master class in winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. Plus, check out his podcast, GM Street. GM Street over at The Ringer. Let's get you to our own general manager. He's got his own podcast. He's got his own fantasy football show Sunday mornings here on on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byer, what do you got, Dan? Doug, we've got a lot in sports. Don't have a podcast yet, but you can always podcast the Fox Football Fantasy Shows on Fox Sports Radio Weekends on iTunes. Simple as that. Dan's going to do a new show called Movies I've Never Seen, (laughs) where he's going to talk about movies he's never seen and I, this is actually a great idea for a show for you. You ready? You just talk, You na- somebody names a movie, and then you talk about what you think the movie might be about based okay. upon the title. All right. Maybe I'll do the update. I can uh, give you a taste of it if you throw a movie at me. All right, good. Go ahead. All right, Urban Meyer retiring as head football coach at Ohio State. Going to come after their Rose Bowl game against Washington on New Year's Day. Urban, 54 years old, leaves after seven seasons in Columbus where he won a national championship and also went 7-0 and against Michigan. I've had to deal with the headaches for many years and, and uh, came to a head in 2014 and then again last year and then this year as well. So as a difficult time that was, that didn't have an impact as, as much on the headaches, but uh, it did have an impact. So health was a part of it, said it was really cumulative events. Ryan Day is going to be the new Buckeyes head coach. Is the assistant's going to get a five-year deal to take over the reins from Urban Meyer. Cliff Kingsbury going to USC, where he will serve as Clay Helton's offensive coordinator. The Bills today released wide receivers Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes, while Redskins head coach Jay Gruden said the team did discuss bringing in Colin Kaepernick to back up Mark Sanchez, but they're going to go in a dish- different direction because they need to get someone ready in a short period of time. There are Reports is saying the team is working out Ryan Mallett and Landry Jones. The Washington Nationals signed free agent pitcher Patrick Corbin to a six-year deal worth $140 million. Fox Sports insider John Morosi says the trade market for Madison Bumgarner of the Giants 
Could be down to the Phillies and Brewers. The NHL Board of Governors awarded Seattle an expansion franchise, which will begin play in the league in the fall of 2021. And Sixers guard Markel Fultz out indefinitely after he was diagnosed with an injury called thoracic outlet syndrome. He'll need physical therapy, but apparently it affects the nerves between the neck and shoulder. Doug? Uh, yep. I, I, look, the, the question with Markel Fultz is chicken or the egg, right? Did he hurt the nerve and then all of a sudden he lost confidence because he couldn't make a shot? Or could he not make a shot and then he started shooting differently and that ended up hurting the nerve? Music, you think the nerve was the injury first or the thoracic outlet injury was the injury first? Yeah, I do think that it was some type of in, uh, injury, small or large. There's something happened where it kind of, he started to compensate for it. Mm-hmm. And then I think from there, it led to him mentally overcoming these hurdles while trying to recover from the injury. Mm. You agree, Ramos? You think it was injury first and then mental second? Yes, I agree with that as well. I think it's pretty, I, I think it actually is yes, then no, then yes, or then chicken, egg, chicken sort of thing. Like, I think there was a nerve impingement of some kind. Then I think he tried to rehab it, and he was fixing his shot or changing his shot in the process, which made it worse. And then he couldn't make shots, and then he started shooting the ball even funkier, and it made the nerve thing even more troublesome. Can we think of anybody else, not to this extreme, that something like this has happened to? I can't. Yeah. I've seen hitches. You know, um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has had a terrible-looking shot that he tried to work through. Desmond Mason started having a hitch. Anthony Mason, the late Anthony Mason, remember he used to play for the Knicks. He had a weird-looking shot, but no, I, I can't remember that. Bye, are you there? You got, you got a moment here? Yes. Okay. So I was watching Good Morning Football, and they were talking about Michael Keaton movies. And so what I thought was, I, you talk about movies, this is the Dan Byer Movies I haven't seen. I describes movies I haven't seen. Show, all right, right? Yeah, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay, cool. I've seen um, about maybe two or three Michael Keaton. Have you seen Multiplicity? No. Okay, Multiplicity. What's it about? Uh, guy with uh, multiple personalities, and uh, his family probably has a difficult time dealing with all those dis- uh, different personalities in his life. Hmm. Um. Sort of. Do you want me to give you the answer now sure, or wait till the sure. end? Sure, I'm not going to watch it. Okay, yeah. multiplicity is the story of a guy who feels like he's pulled in a bunch of different directions. So he has himself cloned. Oh. And the clone does all of the stuff he doesn't want to do. Meanwhile, Michael Keaton starts kicking back. It gets so good to him that he actually has a second clone and one of his clones is cloned and that goes completely awry. <laughs> oh, well, I hope he got paid a lot. Sounds like a lot of different roles that he was playing in he that did. movie. He did. It's actually quite yeah. quite good. Ramos, did you like uh, Multiplicity? I was a fan. I enjoy Michael Keaton movies, yes. Okay, how about this one? The Paper. What is The Paper about? Oh, The Paper. Uh, I think I heard this. Is this about the the um, Catholic Church uh, sex scandal in Boston? No. Oh, okay. That's what I thought maybe it was okay. about. Uh, the paper, that- Michael Keaton is an editor of a paper which appears to be something like the New York Post. And there's a, uh, he steals a story off of the desk of the editor of the New York Times. He interviews for a job with the Times. He sees a story on the desk. He steals the story off the, off the desk. And then they change their lead headline for the next day. And they get a big breaking story for their paper that no one else was able to commit to. Uh, anyway, it's about 
It's basically about the tabloid wars in New York City newspapers, <laughs> and it's very Marissa Tomei's in it. Excellent cast. Really good 90s movie. I thought I was onto something when John Ramos looked at me and kept on nodding his head. So I just kept on going more and more. What was the one about the newspaper that uncovered the the Catholic Church sex scandal? Which one was that? It was Spotlight. 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 That's yeah. what it was. And I think I saw Ramos nodding his head and then that's dirty off, mic, off mic, I'm like, no, that's Spotlight. <laughs> no, I was, oh, okay. I was nodding my head as a giving you a like, hey, I knew that was wrong. Oh. <laughs> But I, I just want to like, hey, I mean, hey, if that's yeah. what you think it is, go for it. Yeah, huh? keep going, keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You keep going. Uh, it's good stuff. Science? Good stuff, Dan. Hey, yeah. you say on Family Feud when right, there's a good answer that here, you know sucks. Here's one. It's called My Life. My Life. Michael Keaton's in it. Oh, My Life. He he's the narrator as he. You don't see him on camera until he's way older, but he narrates the life of a young child from the age of three all the way up into the later years when he is widowed after the loss of his wife. Uh, no. Oh, that no. was. I thought that'd be a good flip. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's yeah. good. Hey, yeah. listen, we got to call some guys down the street in Hollywood for for that one. Uh, My Life is a story of a guy named Bob Jones, average guy. Right, he's got a nice wife, got a baby on the way. Then he finds out he has kidney cancer, and he's going to be dead within months. So he sets out to videotape his life's acquired wisdom for his child. It is gut wrenching. It is absolutely gut wrenching. But I think it's his best performance. It's really amazing, um, and it's really sad. It's one of those ones. It's like. Remember the Julia Roberts movie, Dying Young? Like, no. Oh, you're like, oh. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where the lady died young, yeah. right? Yes. Actually, she didn't die oh. young. Sorry. Close. Her boyfriend oh. dies young in it. He dies of, of cancer, but my life. All right, so that's the name. That's for your next. Po- I think that's great, right? I love that. What do you think? What do you guys think yeah, about an idea of a show? That's a good stuff. How, it's, how close can you get to the actual movie if I just give you the. <laughs> The name of the movie. My one request is Ramos has to be there to encourage yes. Dan on for yes. every answer. Just, just like, nod. yeah, you're killing it. Good job. That's how I'll never okay, know if I have totally a bad wrong. segment. That's how I know I never know if I have a bad segment because Ramos is just sitting there going, this is great. <laughs> Ramos, I made like five mistakes. He's like, yeah, but you did so in really <laughs> passionate I thought passion. I was on the right track. I really thought I'm like, wow, I think I, I, think I may have known this one. Oh. Yeah. No. You just not like movies? You don't have ADD where you can't sit down for movies? You a TV show? I know yeah. you love playing golf, and I know you love your lo- lovely wife, Lisa, but you were single for a long time. Single male strikes me as a guy who knows every movie possible. I can sit there and watch eight straight episodes of a sitcom. I can watch, you know, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives for four hours, but I just, for some reason, I'm not locked in on one story that goes on for so long. What uh, about it's a really good one? Yeah, I mean, there's certain movies that that I think, oh wow, that was a really good movie, or I'll watch that one. Yeah, like when Field of Dreams comes on MLB Network, I'll keep that one on, and and of course I love Hoosiers, and it's not all sports movies, but just uh, yeah, for example, I'll keep those on and maybe watch it. I don't know if I'd sit down from you know front to back or start to finish and and watch a movie that I've already seen before, but those are those are some good ones. You've so you've never seen Usual Suspects? No. I Ramos, if you're going to give him like a movie, like, hey, let's make Dan go watch a movie. What would what would you? Oh, that's a good one. I think Usual Suspects. Have yep. you seen Six Sense? No, that's Ooh. a good one. Those are two because I like Fight Club. Did you like Fight? I like Fight Club. I like Fight Club as well. Um, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. Yes, 
Excellent movie. There, there's three. Music, you want to hop in? Any other? I thought the second rule of Fight Club was don't go see Fight Club. <laughs> so I, I never saw it. You just wanted to follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good line. <laughs> a very good line. Music, will you have anything you want to suggest? Uh, I was always a fan of The Departed. Departed's good. Hey, hey, good answer. Good there answer. Go. I feel like this family feud. Let number me see. one answer is. Department. Ding. Uh, I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo. Wait, wait. Was, a mob, was that a mob yes. movie? It's a mob and cop movie in Boston. Oh, is that the Whitey Bulger? Oh, is it based on Whitey Bulger or is that no. a different one? No, yeah. It's the one. It's not the one that's the true story with Johnny Depp. It's loosely based on Whitey Bulger. John, John was. Shaking his head no to try to throw Ryan off. He's <laughs> like, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're you you're you're right. Uh, and then I'll, I'll give you another one because that one has Matt Damon in it as well. Right, depart. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. All right. No. I've seen parts of it because I remember Ben Affleck is a construction guy, right? Is Ben Affleck a construction guy in Goodwill yeah, like, Hunting? Yeah. They go to some construction sites, don't they? Aren't they? I don't remember that one. I thought, I thought he was in school. Good Maybe that's no, that, it. that's that. No, he, that's. Uh, um, was he like a school tie is also good. School right. tie is also with good. Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser, yeah. I uh, thought uh, Matt Damon was like in a class, and and um, he was. Robin Williams was trying to help him. Robin Williams through... is a psychologist. Okay. Uh, okay. Matt Damon not in class per se, but yeah. Um, Big Mike who also works yeah. on the show, would like to suggest Pulp Fiction, Dan. Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's one Lisa said the other day. You've never I... seen Pulp Fiction? No, I've never seen it. You're it's like a... a guy who had who was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy who's in a coma. Hey, wake you're like, up. There's so many different things I'd like you to know that you missed. Isn't like, it? Like, uh, uh, oh, oh, this is like, um, uh, was it Tarzan, right? In Tarzan, when they show him... Like all the reels of things that happen in real society, and then he like learns about them kind of on the fly. Like we got a Big Mike. That's a good one. Pulp Fiction is a good one to start. Pulp Fiction, and it will the, keep your attention because it 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 bounces around and then comes together. The uh, that's about the citrus industry in the 1970s spreading lies <laughs> throughout Florida to get people to buy orange juice. Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Pulp. 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 Pulp Fiction. I go no pulp in my orange juice. You go no pulp in yeah. your orange juice? Yes. I I do like orange juice. There's a difference between like the real orange juice and then the pasteurized orange juice. I like the real, real deal orange juice, even if it has a couple seeds in it. Uh, it's the end of one era in college football. Is it the beginning of another? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Congratulations to No ID Justin, who on Twitter sent us this as our conversation about Dan Byer not watching movies, Dan is like Captain America. He's just been frozen for decades. <laughs> Every blockbuster from 1992 is unheard of. For this tweet, No ID Justin gets $100 with ExxonMobil gift card. That's right. Just for this tweet, No ID Justin wins a $100 ExxonMobil gift card. Sign up today for ExxonMobil Rewards Plus and earn $0.15 cents per gallon in points for the first 30 days after you register. Plus, earn $100 bonus points worth a dollar in savings just for registering your card. It's the easiest, most secure way to pay for gas and earn rewards with Exxon Mobile Rewards Plus. Sign up today at ExxonMobileRewardsPlus.com. The Press. Dan Beyer, Captain, Captain America, joins us. <laughs> I have not seen that. Before the record, I did see Lincoln. I did see Lincoln in the theaters, and my wife and I were planning on seeing Bohemian Rhapsody 
and A Star is Born, but haven't done it yet. And I think A Star is Born is probably making its way out of theaters. So we may have to wait for a, you know, the the Netflix or a different sort of release, right? A Star is Born, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she gives birth to a star. Yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's exactly... <laughs> That's exactly how it goes down. How did you know, Dan? How did you know? Uh, Did you have anything more on Markel Fultz? Because I just want to tell the people he's out indefinitely with thoracic outlet syndrome. Okay, that's the one Matt Harvey had. Now, Matt Harvey had to have a surgical procedure for it. They're saying no surgery for this. So I don't know. That's the legitimacy of the claims are going to be are going to be questioned. Um, No, I'm interested to see if he can come back, you know. Look, I, I continue to contend. You play him in the G League, and if he turns down an open shot, you take him out. Period. End of story. Woj said out indefinitely, but more likely three to six weeks. I know some of the 76ers were recommending that he don't shoot for nine months. <laughs> joke. Come yeah. on. Come on. That was uh, whatever. That was a pregnant uh, pause after that joke. <laughs> Free agent pitcher Patrick Corbin has agreed to terms on a six-year deal worth $140 million with the Washington Nationals. How about that? One, two, Million three dollars. of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Who's their closer? Um, Doolittle, right? Sean Doolittle. Yeah. I, I don't know. The Nationals continue to continue to amass a ton of talent and – not a World Series appearance. Right. Now, it should be pointed out, did make the playoffs, what, four out of seven years? Four out of the last seven years. But So sometimes we react more to the result in the playoffs. But it's over, Johnny. Let's see what happens with, with, with Bryce Harper now. Much in the news today about Urban Meyer retiring. Looking ahead for Ohio State, Ryan Day is going to take over, getting a five-year deal to be the next head coach of the Buckeyes. In fact, he'll start recruiting tonight, according to reports Day earlier today. It didn't take long for me to figure out what the expectations were of Ohio State football. Number one, win the rivalry game. And number two, win every game after that. I take this responsibility very seriously. They actually have better winning percentage than Urban. Crazy uh, enough. Uh, yeah, yeah 100. He's, yeah. yeah, he's 2-0 or whatever. 3-0, three three oh. yeah. Three yes, Urban 7-0 against Michigan. Uh, three. Taylor Van Fleet just uh, tweeted at the show. Sorry, this is in regards to uh, in regards to the Markel Fultz injury. She says, I have this. Taylor Van Fleet, by the way, uh, a journalism major at the University of Iowa. She works at DITV Sports Reporter. Chicago sports are her passion, but she tweets this. I've been trying to call Gottlieb show for 20 minutes to explain, uh, but it's impossible to get through. Do you guys not answer the phone? Eight seven seven nine nine on Fox. Anyway, physical therapy worked for me for a couple years, but now I have to get surgery. So she's saying you can play through it, but you have to have surgery. Uh, is Taylor, a ho- Taylor, are you a hooper, a tennis player, or why do you need your shoulder? Why do you need to be shoulder be fixed? But it, it's going to be interesting on thoracic outlet syndrome. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. USC is going to hire Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. I have, news, I have, I have news on this one. All okay? right. Uh, they generally agree to terms. I, if he stays in college, he will go to USC as their offensive coordinator. But in January, he can go to the NFL. They can buy him out and he go to the NFL. So there still is the possibility that Cliff Kingsbury keeps his options open. I've been told by my source, Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator position is his dream job. The Green Bay Packers, would he'd also be willing to listen to. I've been told he's been talked to about different jobs as a head coach in the NFL. 
So I think as of now, headed to USC, but keeping his options open. Speaking of that Packers job, Bovadalist Josh McDaniels is the favorite right now to be the next head coach in Green Bay at 7-4. to Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley listed at 11-4 to with the second best odds. Lincoln, what is it? Lincoln oh, Riley, eleven to four. Josh McDaniels, the leader, at seven to four. I don't think Lincoln Riley takes that job. I really don't. I don't. And Bavada did list odds on the new nickname of the Seattle franchise oh, go, for go, the go. NHL. Yes. Totem's the favorite at minus one hundred five. Emeralds at plus four hundred. Emerald City. And then the Rainiers, Sockeyes, and Kraken at plus seven hundred. The Kraken is great. Choose the cr- Sockeyes are a sockeye fish. You know, sockeye fish. Hey, listen, it's the Seattle team. They're like salmon. They're always swimming upstream. Get out there and press. That was the press. I like the Kraken. The Kraken is good. Release the Kraken. No? Ramos didn't even give me the nod on that one. Maybe because I got it right. Urban Meyer retires. I think he's done done. Once you retire twice for health, you're not healthy. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.